Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 152. I'm protecting myself from lice by wearing a condom. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. I wasn't aware that was an issue while we were podcasting, but <laughs> I'm suddenly thinking I might need to go hunt one down. And of course, that's Ian. Hey. And we have Mac. Good evening, everybody. And Terry. Hey, everyone. And of course, I'm contractually obligated, obligated to introduce the dumbass himself last. I promise to tickle you once a year for a decade. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hate tickling, but I could do once a year. I'm down. <laughs> once a year? <laughs> Nothing will kill a mood faster than tickling, man. Oh, I'll tell I you what. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, not judging. Don't That's cool. No, I am judging. <laughs> oh, there's people out there who have a tickling fetish. Yes, I, yes, they are. Oh, there are, yeah. People have all kinds of fetishes. Exactly, and they're all destroying America. <laughs> or Utah, at least. Or at least Utah, right? <laughs> or, or Japan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Japan has got its other, you know, issues, I suppose. But you know, so I was um, actually it's the actually it's the giant lizards that are destroying Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the movies. I know. And yeah, was Mothra good or bad? I can't remember now. Uh, it varies movie to movie. If some movies Godzilla's good, some I think Mothra's always good, but some movies Godzilla's good, some some movies he's bad. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what about Kraken? Good, bad? Does Godzilla fight a Kraken ever? I don't think so. Is that an S and M position? <laughs> it turns out it might be. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So I was listening to a pot, the Young Turks podcast, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And uh, upsetting right now because they're talking about politics. But um, they did a segment and referenced a YouTube series called Think Tank, which I hadn't ever looked at before. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Are, are we are we going right into masturbation already? Oh, sorry. I didn't even – I was like, ooh, great Man, segue. We, yeah, we don't oh, – I totally fucked that oh, up. So sorry. Oh, my God. All right. Is everybody I, ready to well, masturbate? Actually, well, actually, do we have any announcements? Oh, so – See, I'm so eager. Sorry. My God. Well, you know what? You've been with this almost first. two years and you're not a professional yet. <laughs> I suck at this. Yeah, so, Brian, insert oh. the music to start the masturbation moment. We'll pretend like we've just heard it. Okay, very good. We just <laughs> we just heard the masturbation. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Oh, that's... Oh, ho, ho, ho. He said it. Oh, that sorry. is great music. I love hearing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's time... Wait, now, I, I have some... I, I have a small anecdote that I just... Just before we get into this uh, first thing here, just wanted to mention, uh, there was one time I do some role-playing. There was one time I was playing this... This role-playing game called Dungeon World, and um, we're all around, and uh, the situation was we were in a dungeon, of course, and uh, we're, we're walking down, and our game master tells us that we hear a sound coming towards us, and he plays this sound for this kind of a... <laughs> and without missing a beat, my friend Dominic says, Oh, that poor Japanese schoolgirl. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the two of you laughed and everybody looked yes. at you like you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we all had a good laugh on that one. This Think Tank episode that I watched, uh, they, I watched a million of them. But one of them that I thought was cool was uh, Take on Tentacle Porn, which – I know nothing about pornography in Japan, so I guess uh, the octopus tentacle thing is a is a whole genre of pornography, and it has been since like the 1800s, the late 1800s. Which means it's a tradition, right? It's uh, yeah, it's historically interesting, and uh, it has to do with censorship. They were saying that um, you have to pixelate genitalia in Japanese porn. So one way to get around that, then there's always been a taboo about showing pubic hair and genitalia. One way to get around that is to show tentacles as a stand-in, like an octopus as a stand-in for a man. And the nice thing about tentacles is there are eight. So 
right? They well, can go I'm, here, here's the thing is that the, when we're talking about tentacles, in, like in, is it, and let's see if I can say it, right? Yori Tsukidoji? Yep. Okay. We're not talking about eight tentacles. We're talking about thousands of tentacles. We're talking about the woman being ravaged by tentacles. Yeah. You know, and it it's kind of when you think of it, it's it's a kind of a version of bondage, really. Sure, absolutely. The the tentacles are, you know, surrounding the girl, but they're also the instrument of penetration. Yep. I do have one complaint about the video. Yeah. Uh, at some point in around the middle of the video, he starts talking about about sexual mores, and that really has more to do with eels than it does to do with uh, octopi. Because more eels. Yeah. This is why I'm wearing the condom. <laughs> uh, the, they showed a picture, like they couldn't show much on the YouTube channel, but or didn't show much or whatever, but um, they showed a, an image, uh, an artist erotica image from the 1800s that was called something like the fisherman's wife's dream or something. The dream and of the fisherman's wife, right. I thought it was, I mean, I didn't, The I find octopi slightly off-putting, but... Um, it was interesting and cool. I thought that it went back that far, that there were there was like erotic images and stuff that far back because, I don't know, I tend to think of Puritans in the 1800s. Uh, I, I found it kind of amusing that he was talking about how uh, British gentlemen visited during that time period and liked it. So he tried to take it back and, and create his own version in Britain. Could not get published. <laughs> and, you know, in retrospect... It is pretty graphic. I mean, it is fairly graphic. It's not like, I mean, it's obvious what's happening. I thought the rape aspect was interesting too. They talked just a little bit about rape fantasies. I thought that was kind of interesting too. There's a um, there's an author. Is it, is it Laurel K. Hamilton who wrote the Anita Blake stuff? Mm. She wrote another series of books, but they have these like almost uh, mytho- half mythological, half. They're like ha- mythological, they're like, yeah, half mythological creatures, and and so they'll have tentacles and all sorts and and other weird stuff that goes along with it. How is a creature half mythological? <laughs> but, well, well, I guess it it is all. I guess it, I guess I'm thinking it has like it'll have tentacles on the bottom and 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 you know a man up top, a lot of different stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah it was. I decided to look up Fisherman's Wife's Dream, and the imaging, imagery is quite interesting. It's actually really pretty. I mean... Well, and, and this, uh, the images of it, if you go to... You know, obviously have been updated. I mean, there's some with guys in the place of the woman. A, a good dozen or so depictions of just the basic one. It's intriguing. And some live-action ones of it as well, which... Uh-oh. I didn't see those. <laughs> I'm like, stop Googling my, my action. <laughs> There's a tattoo of it also on a lady's shoulder. Yeah. Anyway, so the, so it's kind of an interesting little thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, and, it, and there's a lot of it. It's not hard to find Japanese tentacle porn. I mean, no, it is prolific. Not. I mean, even in uh, like television shows that they're allowed to broadcast over the air – um, that uh, aren't quite porn but get risque, you know, they often have like tentacle rape scenes like the the tentacles don't actually do any penetrating. But, you know, there are girls in swimsuits who, and the tentacles of whatever the creature is, you know, captures them and, you know, starts doing things that aren't quite exactly, you know, enough to make it rated R, but getting you know walking that line sure yeah now uh there's a futurama they had one episode that was basically tentacle porn okay wow uh, um alien thing from another dimension is breaking through and the tentacle gets into everyone and hmm. just one tentacle no well thousands okay. and thousands and thousands okay, of yeah. tentacles hmm. connecting all the human race together that's how so it should be I was riding bikes with my buddy today and I was explaining that I was covering a story about tentacle, Japanese tentacle porn. And I had to repeat myself like four different (laughs) times before he finally like understood what the fuck I was even saying. (laughs) I'm like, like an octopus, pornography Mm. with an octopus. But would you ride those tentacles in public? 
Not in public, no. No. I don't I yeah, I have like I said, I have a slight aversion to octopi to begin with. I I worry <laughs> about the sticky suckers too. That just doesn't sound very <laughs> Well, I was trying to move us on. But... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fucking up all the suckers. Yeah, no, I mean you're you're I mean you're very I mean he, for for a person who hasn't watched a lot of technical porn, man, you sure like to talk about it. <laughs> uh, incidentally, I, I I did the search that Ian did. Turns out uh, Soriyama had his own version of it. Soriyama is a relatively famous Japanese artist. Does a lot of uh, robotic women. Hajime Soriyama. Okay. So I posted it in the chat there if anybody wants to take a look. Okay. So, writing sex toys in public for charity. Not tentacles, sex toys. I'm not sure what the yeah, difference is, is, but you know, I'll leave that up to dumbass to explain it. This is a little video I found. It's a it's a cool concept. Women are doing this fully clothed, uh, sitting That's still on hot. yeah, sitting uh, sitting on a sibian in order to bring attention to female genital mutilation, which I think is a pretty cool concept. I have a little bit, a couple of uh, criticisms in uh, the way they put it together. I mean, like it's three guys doing this. Couldn't they find at least one woman to you know sponsor this with them? So could the agenda be that these three guys just wanted to see women riding this thing in public? Very probably. That could very well be the case. I mean, that, that that's why that's why I'm thinking, you know, they could have avoided that kind of uh criticism by getting at least one woman to uh sponsor this with them. One token woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice if uh if it was just women doing this for women. Actually, mm-hmm. would have right. been a lot better. But yeah, the other criticism I have is at one point in the video, uh, the guy goes up to a girl and she she's, she doesn't want to do it. And he's like, well, what's the matter? You don't like pleasure? And I'm thinking, that's not classy. Yeah, no, that was it was no. that was pretty rough. That's that really that crossed the line. But here's yeah. the thing is that at the point when there was a woman that was writing it that actually orgasmed, the guy got uncomfortable. So here they are setting this all this up, but but they're uncomfortable with the situation. He got, too. He got uncomfortable like. Like a teenager gets uncomfortable. Right, exactly. <laughs> he, liked, he liked what he was seeing, but he didn't know how to handle it. Right. So he made he he did a little bit of making fun of it. Right. Hmm. What's up with that? Yeah. yeah. See, it's shaming women, right? Also, I'd like to point out that uh, one of the videos that comes up in the feed on this on the channel with this is Octomom riding the Sabian, and I don't see her tentacles in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Maybe you have to watch the video. Yeah, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a cool concept, not the best execution, but I, I like the idea of, you know, bringing attention to female genital mutilation in this kind of way. Yeah. Well, and it says, to see proof of 1335 donation, see link in description. Right. But up above it says, donating 14,000. So... Well, I'm not sure how much they actually donated. I don't know either. They were going to donate for likes too within the first 30 days. Yeah, so. but it's two years old, so that's not going. Yeah, to... so that's not going to do us. Yeah. yeah, but I liked it anyway. Damn it. Yeah, I agree. But it, it is. They were. They were. It, they, it, it's hard likes. to dislike they women sitting donate. on a sex toy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. Having, that's not true. Having a lot of fun. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to introduce a senator that will disagree with you. <laughs> so, all right. What do we got here? So, next up is we, we have two big jackasses for the week this time. Okay, around. well, I'm going to let uh, – you, you can definitely start here. So, sp- what is this? Spiritual? A spiritualist claims that tattoos lead to homosexuality, prostitution, and alcoholism. I, I think that's true. I don't. What's the problem, Ian? <laughs> Uh, I I know a fair amount of people that have tattoos that aren't involved in any of the three. Well, this is interesting because this is taking place in Ghana, which is in on the west coast of Africa. So I, after looking at stuff on Ghana, I'm still not how sure it says it's a multicultural a multicultural society, but I'm still not how sure how how advanced they are this seems to indicate that they're not well i i I do like the comment the harmful effects of foreign cultures and yet supposedly 
um, if you go back in the history of tattoos, it was um, the African culture supposedly where they really came from. Well, the thing about that is that I, I, you, that actually kind of can show you where he's coming from, I think, a little bit, because old ancient tattoo, like th- this was religious. These tattoos were put on for a specific religious purpose. They They would give you certain spiritual abilities and stuff like that. And uh, it really fits with the idea that if you just get tattoos for like for no not for spiritual reasons that they that you're probably doing something to mess yourself up in in this kind of lore because you know they're supposed to be spiritual if you if you do something that isn't proper on your body you know that would probably mess with the juju so you're yeah, saying, well, that's what saying. I think it, it, I think most people who do get tattoos get them for spiritual reasons maybe not. I don't think that at all. Yeah, d- maybe define spiritual. Yeah, maybe please. What, do you mean by that? Yeah, what, what does spiritual mean? I think that in in this case, the person who's getting the tattoo is getting the tattoo because they want something that means something very special to them permanently on their body. I think that there's a. I think that like with uh, with there's anything, some. there's a range where there's people yeah. who just like t- getting tattoos. There are some that get them for very personal reasons. There are others that you know might have different agendas. I think I would imagine that my, tattoos, much like anything else, the the people's reasons for getting them vary extremely. Oh yeah, no, I actually wrote a couple articles on tattooing at one point. Cool. Um, and so did some studying on that and interviewing people that had tattoos. So yeah, the the you know the the whole history of tattooing and the reasoning behind it are um, quite interesting at times. But we're it's talking just, we're talking about a culture here who really does believe in sympathetic magic a lot of times, yeah. right? Well, and that's what he talks about. He talks about um, the tattoos and the the images are have spiritual power, and if you're not honoring them properly, the quote is actually the deities will not only vent their anger on you alone, but the whole community as well. Hmm. And but, uh, apparently, that's where homosexual homosexuality, alcoholism, and prostitution comes from is the deities being pissed off at you and getting the whole society punished. Right, because there's never been an alcoholic who didn't have a tattoo, and there's never been a prostitute that didn't have a tattoo, and there's never been a homosexual who didn't have a tattoo. Or someone like me who has a tattoo and are none of the none of those. Well, yeah, no, so because you, say. you have the tattoo, yeah, right. you created homosexuals. Oh. You didn't have tattoos that weren't created homosexuals. So, but because you got a tattoo... Some guy, um, we're gay. So we can test this because I'm so going to get it. It's one. like one of those every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings type of deal. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. There you go. <laughs> when I get my next one, we'll see if any of you guys turn gay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I got I got my ass branded, and I made and I turned three people to Republicanism. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much worse. <laughs> it, I, I think it was only three. You know, yeah, but one of them was Trump, and that was a bad move. <laughs> I didn't think the brand was that big. But luckily, here in America, apparently, we have some people who are, you know, making sure we we don't go down these dark paths, right? Yes, Brian? absolutely. So I would like to introduce Senator Todd Wheeler, and uh, uh, sure, it's not Weiler. Oh, it is Weiler. I apologize. You are correct. <clears throat> So, so he um he is he is a um a, a Utah senator, or I don't know if he's in the House or it says Senate. The, Utah State Senate is what it says. Yeah, but okay, but it's but interestingly enough, the legislation went through the House first, so I'm not sure. I don't know how that works. I thought that he would be a House representative if it went through the House first, because it looks like it the the legislation goes through the House and then to the Senate. I don't know. Anyway, it says senator. We'll call him senator. He's a Republican. He was educated at BYU. What? Big surprise, right? He was educated at two different schools. Um, he 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 got degrees at both, but he but he went to BYU. Um, that's uh, Brigham Young Brigham Young University. He has four kids, the oldest of which is currently on a mission in South Africa. So uh, he is introducing a piece of legislation into the uh, Utah legislature. That basically he is saying that pornography is a public health crisis. Aww. And the information – so 
I've been trying to track back because every every article you read, they're claiming that um, that is based on science. It's based on science. The latest science says we have a lot of people who he says. And so I was listening to him as he was doing the readings, and he just says, before anything else, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, okay. I, I we we've covered this quite a bit, right? And yeah. every piece that we've actually looked at shows that that that's not the case. But well, science is easy to misuse. Well, but here's the thing: is that man, there is a whole symposium that that he he is basing all of this information off of a symposium that was done um, at the U.S. Capitol. And I have so I have uh, the organization talking about the fact that they were going to do the symposium. Um, yeah. It says movement to end sexual exploitation arrives at the U.S. Capitol. Okay, so and and I don't think that any of us would disagree with that. We none of us want to encourage sexual exploitation. Right. But in I don't this, know. I like sexual exploits. <laughs> <laughs> listen, right in the Mormon listen. Culture, this they... is not what happens between me and you. We're, we're this is broader. Okay. <laughs> right in the Mormon culture, I'm sure they teach that. Any pornography is exploited. Exactly. Well, that's the problem. And so it says well, – well, I like how he no says question. like everything in the resolution is supported by science. But then you know, when, when he's confronted by people to say that it isn't addictive or harmful, he says, I personally believe that it is. Wait, well, you just said uh, – Okay, but the science that he's – I think the science shows that it is. You think the science shows that well, it is? Well, that's, that's the problem is that, that – um, so this comes from – Try obvious... looking up the science and he doesn't even quote any science that backs up his uh, – well, okay, yeah. but he kind of, he kind of, he does, right? But I don't know. It's probably not, it's probably pseudoscience, but he does point to uh, um, a foundation called the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. And that's who put on this symposium in 2005. Everything that he has based in the, in the legislation came from that symposium. And there were doctors there. There were psychiatrists there. There were neurologists there, right? So I, and I, and, but I don't know. Who they were? The only one that the, um, they do cite one name in here, uh, Doctor uh, Neurologist Donald L. Hamilton. But I'm not sure how a neurologist is is qualified to say that you know that pornography. I, I don't know where they're going with this. I'm I guess not they're saying this. Uh, I guess symposium stuff in the document. It's in hey, the document. Let me talk to. Oh yeah. No. All right. So with the neurologist, they are probably talking about chemical changes in the brain when looking at pornography. Maybe. That is probably what they're looking at. Well, yeah. I mean, so you do get you there are dopamine hits from looking at pornography, just like there are from eating chocolate. Yep. But nobody's suggesting that we ban chocolate because of it. That's one thing I always find very, frustrating very, very in a lot of this kind of Well, people <laughs> people are proposing stuff like uh Oh, um, food is addictive just like a drug. Like they say, like, like fat and salt is addictive just like a drug because of these brain scans and stuff. And it's always the way of these things that it's like, no, the your brain has a similar reaction because drugs mimic pleasure reactions in your brain. That, right. That's why it looks kind of the same. And I, I even read an article once that said, oh, um, we, we really should try to make food that uh, doesn't activate these pathways in the brain. Oh, they and do what make that. about there is making make food that, that doesn't it's, taste it's, good because that's the reason that the food activates those pathways because it tastes good. It's called the food tasting good. Right. But and, and here's the thing is that the brain is encouraging you to eat. So, yes, it wants you to eat these things, right? Because, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, you know, the, the idea Ooh. is to survive. But that doesn't make them the same thing as drugs. No, it doesn't, right? I... Hello, Sid. <laughs> He's excited he said hello to him. <laughs> so, okay, to moving on. So he, the science that he is claiming to use, but what's frustrating is that he gives the whole, he gives out a pamphlet or a book of stuff to everybody in the Senate. But what's interesting is that when he showed up to read this in the Senate, there were not a lot of people there. At the at the time, um, which you know he makes reference to, you know the few people that are here. I would really like to see that packet of information, but it's not posted anywhere. I want to know what he gave all these people. But it, what's weird is that going through. So I read the so I read the legislation, and 
I mean, there is no action to to become of anything that that he's proposing. He he's just he. It, this is just an awareness thing for him. Which okay, he just, does he just want official recognition of it? As a I think public- so. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: is that I mean, he clearly has a bias. He is a Mormon. Right. So we know yep. that every, so a lot of the stuff that we hear from Mormons about how they feel about pornography, I, I assume, um, I'm, I'm making the assumption that we can, um, that, uh, he would affirm a lot of the things that we are hearing from Mormons about, about pornography and stuff like Uh-oh. that. So, Probably. I mean, he's just parroting a lot, of, a lot of the, a lot of the lines that we've already heard. So he is trying to, to base this in science. But he, but the problem is that he, you know, he's a backwards rural hillbilly motherfucker. <laughs> you know, I mean, so he, he's quoting the science, he's cherry picking the science that agrees with him. And listen, if the science shows that, great, let's, let's see it. But it isn't, but this isn't the science that it, we're not seeing good science that supports his, what he's saying. We see pseudosciences. We see people that, that claim say that they that we see people that um, are claiming that they have sexual addictions, right? But the, a lot of this stuff is either self-diagnosed or it's diagnosed by you know by somebody's partner, or I mean, it's not being diagnosed by by actual therapists generally. Well, and I have a hypothesis. It's not founded in anything mm-hmm. but anecdotal evidence. But um, I think that often Mormons conflate pornography with masturbation, and I think that. Masturbation is definitely taboo, and I think they say the word porn or they say the word pornography, and they're. Try- I, I'm guessing that they're trying to use that as an avenue to sort of like be anti-masturbation as so, well, not just anti-pornography. So let me give you some samplings from the li- from the um, from the legislation. So whereas exposure to pornography is often often serves as a child and youth's sexual education and sharpens their sexual templates. Yeah, no shit, because you're trying to eliminate sexual sex education in the schools, and so they're going to get it somewhere if you're not going to talk about it. Welcome to the internet. Well, that but that's the problem. So that's I mean that is one of the one of their fears, right? Is that so they teach this abstinence only education, and they want and they really want to make sure that the the children aren't hearing or seeing anything but this narrow view that they want to give them in the first place. We've we've seen this from from you know. From the type of education that they're supporting, instead yeah. of a broad view, um, and and tell them a little bit about everything, and try to educate them about the stuff that's out there, so that they're not shocked when they see something. Apparently, in 2013, he had the legislature pass uh, his resolution saying that softcore or gateway pornography is detrimental to brain development in young people. And I take personal exception to that because, and, and he talks about like 11 year olds finding pornography on the internet, the average age for first being exposed to pornography. Well, let me tell you something. When I was 11 years old, well, we didn't have the internet then, but I found my dad's collection of Playboys from like the 60s and 70s, and this is softcore porn. Oh, yeah. And just like he's talking about softcore, it's just women posing nude and stuff. But um, I found look that. look how screwed up you are. Well, yes, exactly. But <laughs> I, I found that. Uh, I was very interested in it, and my dad found out that I, that I found them. And I, I never got like a huge talking to about uh, sex and the mechanic finding or everything that I got that at school. But I think what my dad and mom actually did was really cool and really uh, amazing because what they did is they gave me uh, they, they gave me the Playboys. They said you you can have like full access to them whenever you want, and uh, we know that this stuff is interesting to you. You just uh, go ahead and look at them whenever you want to. That that was really cool. It told me that uh, uh, they supported my interest in this kind of stuff, and there there was no judgment on it, and it, it made me feel like you know this was a natural thing. And I th- I think that was to this day I think that was like an amazingly cool thing they did for me. Okay, so, I, I, that explains a lot. I take it back. Pornography is harmful. <laughs> so what I what I want to know about this bill that they're putting out there is. Who's getting paid and how much are they getting? Okay, paid? well, okay. So I'll get to the. I actually I'll get to their finance things here. I mean, um, that's a really good question. In to to, to uh, dumbass's point, it says whereas the average age of exposure to pornography is now eleven to twelve, but I would tend to agree because what in school I had a hookup because I had a friend 
whose dad had like every Playboy for like generations. And so he would, you know, he would steal them and he would sell them at school. So that's how I, that's how I got my, that's how I got my Playboys is I had, so I had my hookup there for my friend. So I, and I think it was about the, it was about the same age. I think it was in seventh grade when I got that. So yeah, so that makes sense. You know, 11 or 12. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so I think it must have been before it was eleven because I think it was before seventh grade. It was probably in uh, sixth or fifth grade, actually. This is not about you one-upping is. me. <laughs> but you are. But, but, but you are. Yeah. Uh, but you clearly did. Um, whereas the biological addiction leads to the increased themes of risk, risky sexual behaviors, extreme degradation. I think that's right. Violence and sexual child abuse images and chi- and child pornography. Now this is so he's conflating two things here. When we're talking about pornography, we're not necessarily talking about child pornography. Child pornography is a, is a different class of zone, and it and and it's and it is a problem, right? We know that. But, yes, we can but, all agree that that is. So if this whole yeah. if this whole thing was about child pornography, I, I I don't think I'd have an issue. Yeah, child pornography is terrible. I agree. You know, it needs to go away. But but this this idea that the addiction leads to uh, to riskier sexual behaviors. Well, but if you were educating people in the first place, they they would do these things with you with and have less risk. People are going to do the things that sexually excite them anyway, right? But if you give them more education about how to do them safely, th- now that we're less likely to have a problem. Well, the idea that for pornography is going to necessarily make you want to. It's good. The idea is that it's going to desensitize you and you're not going to be able to get your kicks off with just regular stuff and you have to go more and more um, into into more and more extreme things. Uh, it, for most people, it really doesn't work that way. It's it's kind of like saying, oh, if you um, if you start getting into uh, eating good food, you're going to want to eat more and more extreme food because, you know, the food that you've been eating had, doesn't do it for you. Right. Yeah, well, you should the, only eat really bland food. Otherwise, you're going to – it's kind of – you know, like it's not going to lead to that. Sometimes it might and there's nothing wrong with – by the way, there's nothing wrong with extreme forms of sexual pleasure as long as they're not like exploitative. Here, you'll like this. And that's in the – that's in here too somewhere. I was looking for that where it says whereas basically watching porn, now they have to, they have to, to find more extreme stuff to get their kicks. Uh, whereas pornography is linked to the lessening desire of young men to marry, disenfranchising in marriage and in infidelity, dissatisfaction in marriage and infidelity. Sorry, well, there's a there's a reason for dissatisfaction in marriage and infidelity. It's a trap it's called marriage. Right. <laughs> it's now, totally- I, I, by the way, I found the payoff here. I was looking for the payoff. I found the payoff. It's in this sentence right here. Okay. I would love for the United States to do that, but I can't do that as a Utah state senator. But I would love to fa- lay the foundation for a national discussion on what we can do to protect Oh, people. my God. So he's he – just he's, he's announced yeah. his candidacy for president. Or at least for at least for the, the state senate or, or, or oh, I don't the U.S. Senate. Oh, I don't think his sights are that low. Hmm. I don't think his sights are that low. But, you know. But this, so this resolution of course is non is basically non-binding. It doesn't do anything. It's and here's the thing. So yes, whereas research, whereas recent research indicates that pornography is potentially biologically addictive, which means that the user requires more novelty, often in the form of more shocking material, in order to be satisfied. Listen, I've. I watch porn and look up uh, erotica and stuff all the time. A lot of this time, I find myself going back to the same stuff. Right. Yeah, I I would say I tend to. Yeah, I've got a spank bank. Yeah, I mean, I was still and I was trying to get more information on where he got his science, and I didn't quite get there. Most of the articles that I read, they claim they claim that it's scientifically backed up, but they never, but they, but they never present their research. Right. They never say this is this is the piece that we're basing it off of. That's never said. And the one piece that I did find in here, it says pornography is not a public health crisis, no matter what Utah lawmakers think. 
And this is a pretty good article, and it actually does go into the research and does talk about the experts and, and refutes everything that, that they're saying, and it actually uses experts to do it, whereas the people supporting it are not supporting it using experts other than this vague reference to this symposium. Should we? Yeah, if you, if, you, if you say you've got science backing you up, put up or shut up. Right, exactly. So I want to see the stuff from the symposium that they're basing it off of, but they never present it. So um, Utah has one of the highest rates of pornography use in the country of online pornography subscriptions. We've talked before. It's like so such a repressed society. Like you said, abstinence only. It's like abstinence only, but we don't even name the parts kind of thing. Like we don't even get like they just barely give basic biology type stuff because they're afraid if they give kids information, they'll use it. <laughs> or the area you know. here is called your hoo ha. Huh? Let's not talk anymore about <laughs> right. it. If you right. say if you say vulva in your house is a hundred dollar fine, right? And so is <laughs> it any talking about the car? <laughs> so is it any wonder that these young kids get married? They have children right away because that's God's plan. Have these cycles where they have like a house full of young kids. Their church and religious obligations for their free time is huge. They're totally repressed sexually. The women are taught to be very modest and that women don't enjoy sex, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is it any wonder that there's dissatisfaction in marriage? Well, not only that, the Mormons use marriage as entrapment. Yeah. They they, they try to get young men and, and uh, women married so quick that they don't have time to think about it. Yeah. Oh, there's huge pressure to marry. The, yeah. Like you get home from your mission and you get married right. within a year. Th that's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what like 22, 23-year-old we don't have a – it's not like we have a 30-year lifespan anymore, right? I mean we you, you have time to be sure that this is a person that you want to marry if you want to marry. And good Mormon women don't work outside the home. Like you, if Terry? They, if they can – like me, yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's because I ride my – I need time to ride my bike. I can't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I need time to masturbate. I'm getting rid of my job. I know, right? It's exactly the same. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so this, um, I mean, everybody should take the time to read this resolution. It's a, so it's not law; it's a resolution. Um, I'm reading the thing here. Um, it says he said Monday that new research shows pornography, like cigarettes or drugs, is addictive and harmful to society. So he's, he's saying this is new research. So. Not the stuff from 2005, I'm guessing. It's probably not uh, well, even – what's this new yeah. research? And the other thing that they said, at this symposium, people presented papers. And and they're conflating presenting of papers as research too. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on here, and and I and I'm having trouble getting to the bottom of it. And I started digging, and it's a, and it's a rabbit's hole. I might do some more digging on it. I don't know. I I, I it might just get to the point where it's like you know, we Dr. Daryl Ray has talked about this, and I'm comfortable with you know what he has to say about it. And he said it's okay. So watching <laughs> porn. Watching porn. Yeah, he said it's okay. Not a public health crisis. Yeah. I'll get it in writing if I have to, but okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doctor's orders. Doctor's orders. Doctor's <laughs> orders. <laughs> Watch more porn. Uh, yeah. But I mean, certainly, I, I, we're not saying that somebody couldn't have a problem with pornography, right? But usually, it stems from something else. It's not the porn. The porn is a symptom, not the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was saying, the society sets it up to be an issue. Right. Exactly. Well, because they, they need a scapegoat, right? For mm -hmm. what they don't want to deal with. Like, you know, they're, I mean, if, if they really wanted to tackle problem in Utah, they should tackle the amount of, you know, uh, of uh, prescription drugs that people are abusing. I mean, there are bigger problems here than, sure. than I mean. Well, you know, if, if people are doing things that make them happy, you've got to look at what makes them unhappy. That they have to do things to make them happy. Well, the, here's the thing: is that so we, I mean, ultimately we're going to get back to Mormonism, right? Where yeah. is is the is the actual cause of all of these symptoms? I don't know. I'm maybe. sure it's a that huge... wasn't even where I was going. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's probably a factor. I was just going to say that depression is rampant. Well, but it's rampant in Utah. Why is it yeah. so well, much more rampant in Utah? Guilt and shame. It's rampant everywhere. Just that the people in Utah decided that this particular route was the band-aid they'd like to try to stifle depression with right but i think that utah utah has more of a depression epidemic than i mean aren't they i mean their numbers are high their young people suicide rates pretty high in part because of how the mormon church treats lgbtq members yeah 
All right. So how do we prevent body shaming, Ian? Okay. <clears throat> well, so th- this article is called This Girl Shut Down Every Body Shamer in the World with Four Photos. Internet, we know what goes on the internet. Uh, you know, people put some of the most messed up statements out there just to do it. And because so this young lady. Because they're anonymous. Yeah. You know, they, they can hide behind their screens and say all sorts of crap they want. So this young lady, Sarah Petty, um, took issues with um, some of the body shaming stuff that was going on. I, does, I don't know if it actually says her weight, but she's a well built young lady. I assume she has to be at least 200 pounds since yeah. that's what she was responding to. Right. Uh, well, but here's the thing is that she's saying that, but is she 200 pounds? I mean, a, somebody's calling her 200 pounds. Maybe she's just rolling with it. I, I don't know. Well, no, she, I, I don't she think anyone be... necessarily called her that. Oh, okay. But she, um, because it says she searched Twitter for the term 200 pounds bikini and copied selective treats. And the tweets were such... If you're 200 pounds, maybe a bikini isn't for you. Please don't wear a bikini if you're 200 plus pounds. If you're over 200 um, pounds, don't wear a bikini. Right next to it is a picture of her looking pretty attractive in a bikini. Yeah, she looks good. Yeah, so you know the impression is she probably is over 200 pounds. I'm inspired. Uh, I'm going to start wearing bikinis. So, so of course, then we... (laughs) Oh! (laughs) You know, I can't... Hey, don't don't you body shame me! (laughs) I've never seen your body, so I honestly can't say one way or the other. Listen, I've been, mess, I've been wear telling whatever him, the hell you want. <laughs> yep. I've been trying to get him to wear a bikini for months now, and now now he's going to do it. <laughs> Brian, he just responds to me better than you. <laughs> so then, Brian, I thought say, you were more of a teabag kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> I like wife beaters. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So anyway, so Sarah Petty, then uh, each of these is followed by girls, wear whatever the hell you want, by the way. That, that's her re- response every time. So the next, he looks for 200 pounds crop top, and it's got the same type of crap. Sorry, but if you're over 200 pounds, you shouldn't be trying to fit your fat ass in a crop top. You cannot pull it off. And once more, right next to the, these kind of comments, he shows herself looking quite attractive in a crop top. Crop- yeah, I don't I don't get it at all. I, I mean, who would... what? <sighs> Okay. And then next, yeah, of course, but then somebody might point to a woman who they find significantly less attractive wearing stuff like that. Which I, I don't think the the fact whether somebody finds it attractive or not is really the point. No, I think I you're right. You're absolutely correct. True. And she does the same with two hundred pound booty shorts, and I get find the same kind of um, idiotic comments. Yeah, so instead of letting it get to her, she owned it. And what and what are people going to say if she doesn't get defensive? They're going to move on because they're because they're looking for somebody that they can that they can take down a notch. And if she's not going to go, they'll move on. And finally, it she did the same with leggings. So basically, you know, she found these comments dogging on people two hundred pounds more, saying, "Don't you be wearing this stuff." She puts on those exact outfits. So you know what? I'm going to wear. Them. I don't care what you say. I don't care um, what you think. Yeah, there's many there's as many women over here maybe more shaming this woman than there are men yeah yeah we've talked about that before yeah that it's more likely to come from other women hey, here's the thing is that it's likely to come from there there are i mean there are men out there that are absolutely terrible but i think that you're probably right that that is kind of where the majority of this is coming from i think it's sometimes it's more vile when it comes from men well we talked last um podcast about the women you know, the, the the middle-aged women talking about their sexuality and how when they were young, they were worried about what the other women were thinking about. And there was big concern with those. But once they got older and just said, you know what, I'm going to enjoy my sexuality. I'm going to be me. I don't care, you know, what other people think about it. And, yeah. you know, you you look at the comment and they are young women mm. who are the ones who are generally making those comments because trying to dog other women down. And That could be. Yeah. You know, it's, and so going off of what we did last podcast and this idea, there is this attitude. The younger women generally seem to be more competitive that way and be more likely to try and bring the other women down for whatever they can, whatever weakness they can is find. Is it possible that, that, that there's a certain amount of jealousy here? I mean, because this woman yeah. can fill out that top, right? She, she, she has, she, I mean, she can, she looks feel, very good in all the outfits. Exactly. Yeah, That's the thing. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much of this is not, is, is not, is less about her weight and less about shaming and more about these people are jealous. I wonder. Well, how- I, I agree. So if these people who are shaming her feel shitty about how they look and she looks different than they do, she's an easy target, right? Like 
how dare you look cute in that top? And how dare you, how dare you put a, be proud of your body when I'm not proud of my body and I'm smaller? Right. Well, there you go. That's it right there because they're already not proud of their body. Exactly. There, yep. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Yeah, I think that's a lot of where it comes from is um, they feel insecure as it is. So, you know, spread it, make everyone else feel insecure. That way it's a mutual Mutual insecurity we all have. It's like, no, let's right. go the other way. Let's try to make everyone feel secure about who they are. We right. can't, or, it's, or it's like power. It's like projecting. So like um, if you make someone bigger feel bad about their body, maybe you can feel better about your body because it's smaller or whatever, to, taller or whatever it is. Right, yeah. We can't all look like Ashley Graham, quite frankly. Oh, I know. Oof. She's gorgeous. But, you know, this is definitely the way you should respond to people that, you know, Try and put you down, like do you know? And like I said, her her, her final her, her comment all the time is wear whatever the hell you want. Yeah, you know, basically wear what costume. makes you feel good. Yep, right. You That's do definitely, you. Definitely the, the the right attitude to have. So I put in I put one in here. Um, this is forty one women who expertly shut down their body shaming, and I think a lot of these are uh, most of them are actresses, but there's a few people that aren't that um that were pretty good. Um, and, and going through here, I mean, uh, a, a lot of these women, their their response was "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> and, Carrie, and I, Carrie Fisher's definitely was. Carrie Fisher's was. Um, uh, who the other one I was thinking of? Uh, oh, Selma Gomez. Even even hers was you know fuck off. And Damn, I, she kissed Disney with that mouth. <laughs> Uh, Jennifer Lope, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, her, her response was, if anybody tries to whisper a word, uh, the word diet, I'm like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, the, so it's good that when we, when we are seeing people who are role models that are standing up to this kind of okay. stuff, because there are a lot of women who, who look up to these people, Jennifer Lawrence in particular. Yeah. No, Eight. we have like, um, number seven. She um got she put up a makeup free selfie to show off her freckles and stuff, and you know mm-hmm. people reacted negatively negatively to that. It's That's like, it. no, this is who I really am. This is the me, right? You know, the, I I don't need to always hide myself behind makeup, and I shouldn't have to. I think we talk a lot about body shaming about weight, but there are, there are a lot of other types of body shaming. Yeah. I don't know there are trolls out there who look for the flaws in people and you know dwell, dwell on that. It's like, don't worry about the flaws. Look at you know the person for themselves. That Amy, should be what's yeah. important. Amy Schumer was uh, was criticized by Jeffrey Wells, um, who called her chubby and not conventionally attractive, and so she posts a, a Twitter picture of her topless. She's kind of covering her breasts, which is unfortunate. <laughs> And her response was classier than I would have expected from her, too. She says, uh, I am a size six and I have no plans to change that. That is it. Stay on or get off. Kisses. <laughs> uh, I, I love Schumer. She is yeah, awesome. she's fantastic. I, I, I mean, I'm surprised that it wasn't more cutting than that. I mean, but that was that's pretty classy, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, so I, I appreciate when when we are seeing um, women, you know, step up and, and, and say something. Ronda Rousey has been shamed for being too masculine. <laughs> no, but probably, not, to her, not to her face. Not, not to her face. Yeah, probably not to her face. <laughs> <laughs> She'll break you in two. <laughs> not more than one. And, and some of these are women who are, who are pregnant and are being criticized for their size. It's like, what? I know. I find that so offensive. Like, that's next level offensive. My God, she got pregnant and suddenly put on a belly. Yeah, that's what happens when they get pregnant. There's another human being inside her body. Do you not understand the whole process? Like, what's your superpower? I'm growing a human. What's your superpower? Chloe Kardashian. Terry? Yes. It's a parasite. (laughs) It is a parasite. (laughs) It's true. It is true. Adele's on here. You know, I mean. Yeah. And it is, and it it's funny because it really is not about how attractive these women are. They're just people that are shaming them for their weight, right? It's like it doesn't We're matter how good clothes. they look. Oh yeah, this woman who um who Instagram took her it canceled her account when she put up some some selfies. So she's wearing boy shorts and and a bra, and they and they canceled her account, and so she so she took him to task for it. Good. Um, which was which is good uh, because and. Because she's completely covered. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of less covered 
women on Instagram who are Way still less. up there. Yeah. Mm, I'm not like I'm not fond of the Tyra Banks response here. What does it say? Well, basically, she showed that it was the result of a bad shot of the camera after they after they showed her and referred to her as Thyra Banks. She put on the same shoot suit to show that it wasn't it wasn't true. I I would have been more pleased if she'd just owned it. Or just told him to fuck off. Yeah. Right. Right. Here's the thing. Tyra Banks has been dealing with body shaming for I mean, for a long time. Yeah. I mean, so I, I bet this is not her only response. Right. I bet there's more stuff out because she she's been she's dealt with this for a long time. Although I, the, her modeling show, there was a whole um, scandal over um, one episode where basically they were doing um, uh, what's it called? Oh, the, the the models were actually told to you know look the, the the makeup and stuff was to emphasize how skinny and scrawny they were and how I know there's a word it's bulimic. Okay, we're talking about how they bulimic. And Tyra was involved in making fun of the people that didn't like the bulimic photo shoot and talking about, oh, you know, they're going to get all fat and stuff. Is that more attractive? She said something along that. Really? Line. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take, okay. I'm going to reserve judgment on her though. So there is some, you know. Wow. Because the thing is, I mean, is there anything worse for body image for women than modeling? I mean, give me a break. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But it's everywhere in our culture. Yeah, it, it we, certainly we, is. I mean, and it's weird we that modeling it. is a thing in itself rather than just about the clothes or whatever. Because, like, I mean, uh, fashion magazines or whatever, you, you, it's all about, like, oh, I like this model. Like, you have model fans. I mean, it should be about the clothes that they're demonstrating or whatever. Well, I mean, I, the two models that I, I can think of off the top of my head, you know, are, are Jenny Runk and uh, – and Ashley Graham, and both of them are technically plus size models. Um, and and Ashley Graham says anything what anything over a six is considered plus size. And and if they were if these modeling or if these clothes manufacturers were actually trying to sell to the average woman, they would be using an average size woman, wouldn't you think? Well, no, what they're trying to do is they're trying to shape the average woman. Well, I think that's true. They're trying to yeah. shape the average woman to somebody who looks like they're going to break in a strong breeze. Yep, it's all aspirational marketing too. Like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, get skinny enough so you can wear this, right? It's unfortunate. It's. I mean, and they have ridiculous competitions. America's Next Top Model, things like that. Yeah, and it's completely ridiculous. That's the Tyra Banks show, isn't it? America's for. I believe so. I believe so. It was. It's. It's. It's over now. Okay. So on a positive note, I follow this Instagram feed called um, Big Big Gal Yoga, and it's this overweight woman who does these amazing yoga poses, and she has a huge following. And uh, there are haters in the comments, of course, but. Um, I just love it. And she'll do, she'll do yoga poses with other women, encourage other women to post, you know, to post pictures of themselves doing yoga in leggings and tight clothes okay. and whatever. And I just love it. I think it's so cool. I think you can just swipe left on the, on the haters, can't you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. Well. So, who's we, this B I keep hearing about you guys? Oh no, no, we we're not talking hey. about B. No, we're not no, we can't we can't we can't do that because he's not here. The first rule of B club is you don't talk about B club. Well, I I just I don't think that that um I think that we will let B introduce himself, but hmm. we do we are adding some we are introducing somebody new to the podcast because Terry has decided to leave us. And we yeah. love him better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to be friends, though. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm hoping you don't disappear forever on us. I don't we... want to disappear forever. I just need to take a little time out for a couple of months and um, just super busy cycling and kiddo sports schedule. So I just can't, like it's just too many balls in the air right now. So we will take you on a seasonal basis. I, t- I really appreciate that. Yeah. Terry, I, I promise I, we're going to stay friends. And I promise that if I see you on the road, while you're biking, I will not have my passenger open the passenger. <laughs> Dear God. Oh, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, that's. I, people that's do that. I, do. I, <laughs> I just don't get how this podcast isn't one of the most important things in your life. <laughs> I know. It's the, it's like, uh, 
Yeah, I know I have to pick, but the sun's shining and it's spring and I just need to spend a little more time on my bike. Yeah, so because we're losing you, I um I was introduced to somebody who I think is going to be a good fit for us. Um he, I heard there was a dinner. I heard there uh, was Yes, I I I took them to dinner cuz I'm wooing them, right? I need I need to, you know, yeah. I mean, because if they're going to come join this sausage fest, they need to be wooed. <laughs> And that is exactly the problem is we need we need more diverse opinions than four liberal white guys. Yeah. So be white. Be as white and yes, yeah. I I really <laughs> be tr- liberal. I tried for the trifecta, but you know. <laughs> uh, but yes. Is it be liberal? <laughs> be as yeah, liberal. You're revealing yeah. too much, Brian. I know. I don't, I'm you, saying too you much. Must be silent. I know, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I So I, we'll we'll still be four liberal white guys. Yes, that yes. All right. Five. It's technically going to be five. Yes, but I think that while B is male, will bring a very interesting perspective to the podcast, and I'm and I'm very excited to to actually get this perspective. And so I think that while we're, I'm very sad to be losing Terry. At least for even if it, even if it's for a short amount of time, I'm hoping that Terry will send us some content and some stuff to throw in. I'm hoping Hillbilly God will come back. Hillbilly God's wife. Hillbilly God's wife will come back. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I think that the, the stuff that's happening in Utah would have been a perfect thing for Hillbilly God's wife to uh, to comment on. I agree. Yeah. And so what is, uh, what is, Hill, what is Hillbilly God? Wait, let's God? say that Hillbilly God's wife did comment on it. <laughs> Hillbilly she, God's she wife. She will do at some point before the next episode. <laughs> That's right, huh? Hypothetically. Yeah. Hypothetically. We pray really hard. <laughs> <laughs> what exactly would Hillbilly God sing? Would he sing, Yeehaw, the Son of God's going to rise again? Or Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead? <laughs> Hillbilly God. So, anyway, so yes, so we are um, sad. That you are leaving us. I think there's enough of you guys to go around, though. Too. I mean, <laughs> like, I guess I can share you guys with this other person. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all pro polyamory or whatever on the show? <laughs> I, I, I think we are. Yeah. Albeit, none of us indulge. Is that is that how you say that? Is that, is that the, indulge? The, the... I don't know. <laughs> Practice? Is it practice? <laughs> Dude, we we keep practice? on meaning to get together for that uh, regular orgy, but right, you know, exactly. stuff keeps on coming up. Maybe instead of talking about me leaving, we can talk about how we're just opening opening our relationship to allow other people in. You know what? We will allow. I mean, we this is a pretty open forum. If the you know people who want to join us, you know, can email, and we'd be glad to have you. I mean, really, if there's people who have a perspective and, and would like to join us for an episode, I mean, we, we, we would certainly entertain that. We didn't talk about it on the show, but we got some really cool emails about that, um, those crazy Oregon wildlife refuge occupiers from someone who had a lot of good information oh. about that situation. So, Well, that's unfortunate that we missed that. I miss these things. You, you, I, I missed that entirely. Ugh. Well, that information is available publicly, Brian, in email. <laughs> in, oh, thank you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think, we, I think we just got busy with something else or the occupation ended or Yeah, whatever. it could be. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm the host, the producer, um, the publisher. Uh, yeah, I wear a lot of hats around here. The recruiter. The recruiter, right? I'm the I kind recruiter. of just lost interest in it. Did it end already? Um, it yes. ended. Yeah, yeah. They yep. I think they they either arrested him or killed them. <laughs> yep. One guy got shot because he pulled a gun on armed FBI agents. Yeah. Um. So he committed suicide then. Re-exist- yeah, exactly. That's su- right, that's suicide. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and the rest of them are in jail. I think, or most the, um, the big one, the big name ones are in jail. Right, and uh, probably the rest just went home. Cliven Bundy, the dad. Yeah. Got arrested. Yes, he did. They finally yep. arrested him. So that was He's in jail. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I heard his brother Al bailed him out. Uh, one of the crazy ladies who got arrested is suing for like $1 billion, trying to sue the federal government for a billion dollars because they had no authority to arrest her or something like that. <laughs> hmm. So that was happening. I think maybe she was representing herself in that suit. 
I'm not they sure. say that somebody who represents themselves in court has a fool for a client. Yes. Yes. So true. Yeah. So I mean, we are going to miss you. But here's the oh. thing: is that we're not we're not going to remove you from the podcast. You're still no, going to no. see all the emails, and you could you can if you have time jump in and join us. Well, at some point, I'll let you guys break in the new person. But at some point, I'll have to come on and interact and see how that goes. Right. You'll can, you'll need to come and judge them and make sure they're worthy of us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> B, you need to step it up. Bring bring your game. And uh, Brian will introduce that segment with a cat noise. <laughs> <laughs> or meow. <laughs> And a woof, woof, woof. Uh, Shake your butt. All right. <laughs> should I? Should we stop now? Yeah, on that yeah. note. All right. So everybody, say goodbye to Terry. Oh, goodbye, oh, goodbye, Terry. Terry. Bye, we guys. hardly knew you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye bye. And Mac. Yes. You, you, there's, you, you, you need to either be consistent about saying or don't say it at all. Okay. That's another one in the can. Thank you, Terry. See. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.